Hello, and welcome to the Buildings Podcast, an Endeavor Business Media production. Join us on the first and third Monday every month as we explore trending topics in the build environment. And now here's the latest episode of In Case You Missed It, a new feature where we explore topics appearing in our print magazine and online that you may have missed, all in a convenient podcast format. This article is titled Decarbonization, Cost-Effective Strategies to Meet Your Goals. It was published March 31st, 2023, and it was written by me, Janelle Penny, Editor-in-Chief of Buildings. By 2050, two-thirds of the expected global population of 10 billion will live in cities of some kind, according to a report by the UN Department of Economic and Social Affairs. To manage this growth, cities will add up to 230 billion square meters of new floor space to building stock, the UN Environment and International Energy Agency estimated. This number would roughly double the floor area in today's buildings. This means adding a floor area equivalent to the area of Manhattan in New York City every month for the next 40 years, according to a report by Jacobs. This growth will naturally lead to considerable carbon dioxide emissions. By 2040, the year which Architecture 2030 has targeted for eliminating CO2 emissions from the built environment in order to keep global warming below an increase of 1.5 degrees Celsius, approximately two-thirds of the global building stock will be buildings that are already in use today. According to Architecture 2030, without widespread existing building decarbonization across the globe, these buildings will still be emitting CO2 emissions in 2040 and we will not achieve the Paris Agreement's 1.5 degrees Celsius target. This target and accommodating the coming floor area growth requires us to dramatically reduce the carbon footprint of both new and existing buildings, changing the way we design, construct, and operate them in order to avoid the potentially catastrophic effects of releasing that much carbon dioxide into the atmosphere. That's why governments and commercial real estate owners are embracing decarbonization, phasing out the carbon-emitting fuels, using building materials with less carbon, and otherwise addressing the built environment's carbon emissions. What is decarbonization? With new buildings, decarbonization is about the embedded carbon in the materials you choose, explained Brenna Walraven, BOMA Fellow, President and CEO of Corporate Sustainability Strategies and a member of the Buildings Advisory Board. Concrete, steel, and cross-laminated timber all have a different carbon footprint as well as different performance qualities. Where you source materials from also matters. Products from far away have a higher carbon footprint than those sourced locally because they must be transported across longer distances to your site. For existing buildings, decarbonization is tied to energy consumption. Are you burning fuels like propane or natural gas on site? How much electricity are you using and how does your utility generate it? Are you using renewables on site? All of these factors enter into the carbon footprint equation. Why is the conversation changing? Seemingly overnight, the sustainability conversation has changed from a focus on energy efficiency to a focus on decarbonization. Many governments have accepted the science of climate change and some are starting to require major emissions reductions. Washington DC adopted a 2022 law that calls for the district to adopt a net zero energy building code that would apply to new construction and substantial building improvements. It also has a current net zero energy building code that presents an alternative pathway for buildings to comply with DC energy codes. California also has an ambitious carbon neutrality program. Start 
your decarbonization journey. Playing offense on decarbonization starts with measuring your emissions. As the old saying goes, you can't manage what you don't measure. As you start your decarbonization journey, you'll typically hear of emissions grouped into scopes 1, 2, and 3. Scope 1 is generally understood as direct emissions, the carbon dioxide you're generating on-site by burning fossil fuels from sources like gas-fired boilers or propane. Scope 2 represents indirect emissions that are associated with the use of electricity. You're not burning these fossil fuels on site, but your utility might be burning them on your behalf and then sending you the electricity they generate. Scope 3 is generally understood as everything else, and it's the hardest to define for reporting. One question to ask yourself is whether you're controlling a certain source of emissions operationally. If you are, it probably falls into Scope 1 or 2. If not, it's most likely in Scope 3. Once you can get your arms around how to measure your emissions, it's time to start cutting them. Try these tips to cut your operational carbon. Number one, make sure your building is operating as intended. Conduct a periodic walkthrough of your building at night to make sure everything is shut off that's supposed to be shut off. Talk to your tenants about whether operating hours on weekends are necessary. Number two, control solar heat gain. Look at window tinting or having occupants close the blinds during the day. Number three, conductive lighting retrofit. The costs of LEDs have come down drastically in the last few years, and the technology has come a long way. Now is the time to upgrade inefficient fixtures. Number four, decrease operating hours for mechanical systems. Look at occupancy patterns and see if you really need to run the HVAC system for as many hours as you currently do. Number five, look at upgrades and replacements. Is some of your major equipment nearing the end of its useful life? You may be able to make the business case for a more efficient version. Number six, tighten up your envelope. Seal and insulate if you're able. Sealing air leaks is a great way to reduce cooling loads. And number seven, explore green power purchasing. Many utilities offer a green power purchase option that may only add a penny or two per kilowatt hour to your bill. You may have already taken some of these steps, but it's time to keep moving forward. As Brenna Walraven puts it, decarbonization is the new energy efficiency. As you get more efficient and decarbonize, generally speaking, it's going to save you money, improve the performance of your asset, and have a bigger impact longer term on reducing the impacts of climate change. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Buildings Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this article. Hit that subscribe button and join us again next time to hear another episode. And check out the show notes on our website for extra resources related to this podcast. You can also stay up to date with buildings by following us on social media, visiting our website at buildings.com, and signing up for our newsletter, The Buildings Buzz, to keep up with all things buildings. We'll see you next time.